Hello and welcome to the Quietly Visible podcast. I'm your host, Carol Stewart, founder of Abounding Solutions and author of Quietly Visible, leading with influence and impact as an introverted woman. And this is the podcast for introverted women who want to thrive as leaders and in life. And um, my guest today is Sherry Shannon Vanstone, and she's a serial tech entrepreneur and she's had successful exits. Um, she has, uh, she's got the presidency and the founder of Profound Impact. Um, and she's making a big difference and an impact through the work that she does, um, particularly around women funding women. Um, so hi, Sherry, and welcome. Hi. Thank you, Carol, for this opportunity. Uh, to to uh, speak with you today. In particular, I love that we're talking about introverted women. Uh, many people do not think that I'm in, an introvert. So when I tell them that, they're surprised. So I'm looking forward to our dis- uh, discussion today. Great, thank you. And, and, and I get what you mean because there are uh, a lot of misunderstandings and misconceptions about introversion. Um, people have a, many people have a, a view which is incorrect about what introversion is. So we, before we sort of delve into your experience as an introverted woman and all the amazing things that you've done, tell us a little bit about, about you, who you are and what you do. Thank you. Uh, I am, as you mentioned in the introduction, I am a serial tech entrepreneur, having been uh, able to work uh, and startups in both the U.S. and in Canada. I grew up in Ohio, uh, uh, near Dayton, Ohio, in the U.S., and I started off really enjoying numbers and uh, mathematics. So at a young age, I started, uh, I knew I had some type of talent for this. And uh, for, for example, in fifth grade, I scored 10th grade in a standardized test. and the 10th grade level in mathematics. So I was encouraged to do that, to continue in mathematics by my teachers in both junior high and high school and also going on into university. The interesting thing was that I was all, I had several math teachers, of course, in high school, all of them were women. And so it gave me um, a, someone to look up to, and they gave me lots of encouragement going out of their way to give me special tutoring classes so that I was prepared when I went on to university. I I went to university. I became a mathematician, a cryptologic mathematician. I have a, a master's degree from the University of Tennessee in Knoxville, Tennessee. I did later on get a doctorate, but that was an honorary doctorate from um, a university in Canada. So I went to work for the U.S. government as a cryptologic mathematician. And a cryptologic mathematician makes cryptographic codes and breaks cryptographic codes. So I spent six years there and was a very rewarding work, working in both a very technical a side of things, and also I was a liaison with the State Department, which gave me a, a glimpse into more of industry-related activities. So when I decided to leave the government, I went to Silicon Valley to a startup in information security. That's what cryptologic mathematicians do, is, is help uh, secure information as it's in transit or as it's stored. 
So uh, I really enjoyed being in Silicon Valley. I was asked what I wanted to do with the startup, and I said, I want to be ahead of Asia Pacific sales. Now, I was in a very technical job, and now I'm saying that, and they're looking at me, and they go, okay. So, uh, again, I guess, you know, it's one thing about being an introvert, but it's also about being able to speak your voice and to say what you want to do, and then people can say no or yay on it. And uh, so they, so the company said, why not? So I spent the next six years working through 13 different countries in Asia Pacific, and that gave me an opportunity to not only utilize my technical background, but also to expand my interpersonal skills. I'll mm. pause there because I know you must have some questions before I talk <laughs> about how I got to Canada. Yes, yes. I mean, I mean, I, I have so um, quite a few questions actually because um, the field that you went into uh, is quite male-dominated, um, and as a woman and an introverted woman, what was that experience like? Um, sort of navigating through your career journey when you um, started out as a cryptologic mathematician. It was very opportune um, that I was recruited to with the U.S. government. I I finished my undergrad degree and then I went and decided I'd go on and get a mathematics, uh, an advanced mathematics degree. I was not necessarily encouraged by everyone, uh, but there were several men who did encourage me to to go on to graduate school. But when I get to graduate school, I am in a group of a cohort of really extremely bright people from all around the around the US. And uh, I must say that it was a little intimidating, but I, I'm a hard worker. And so I set my mind to just doing the best I could. I I my office mate was a young man who who didn't even have to open a book and he understood all of the all the mathematics that we took. Uh, so, but what was great was when I, so I graduated uh, from university and when I went to work for the government, I say it was opportune because the other jobs that I interviewed for, they wanted me to go back and become an engineer. There's nothing wrong with being an engineer, but being a, mathemat a mathematician, we uh, sometimes say, you know, we, we know how to really get into the foundation of of the mathematics, and I felt it was a little bit of an insult to ask me to go back and become an engineer. Uh, so uh, I was, as I said, it was great to do mathematics. And so then I had this opportunity to just work, and I, I, I wasn't a computer scientist, but of course I had to learn how to program my own ideas and my own research, which I did. I would never say that I was a programmer, but I, what was great was that my one of my programs was put in, into operational use while I was there, and I was quite honored to, to, to have that happen. What I found, uh, especially in the office that I ended up, that I referred to when I worked closely with the State Department, there was only men in senior management in that uh, role. And what was, what was great about it was that I had a huge opportunity to when there were when there was an opportunity, which happened all the time, they would say, "Well, we want to do this. Who would who would like to do this?" And I would just throw my hand up, and <laughs> I ended up getting all of the good assignments. And in fact, one of the young men who was came into the office after I did complained because I had all got a, I, 
I got all of the assignments. It wasn't that I knew that they were going to be great assignments. I was just willing to learn and I wanted to experience new opportunities. And this was a job that allowed me to do that. There were mm -hmm. so something that she said which is quite key is that putting yourself forward and being willing to learn um so going after the opportunities which i think is something which is very important for people who for women who want to progress is that they do put themselves forward in that way yes and it, and as i said this was a great office that would allow me to do this and i had huge opportunities in many different areas. I also had the opportunity to grow um, in the, this job. I once walked into the office and I, I knew that they that the gentlemen were talking about me. And I heard them one of the gentlemen say, if she can handle the heat, she should get out of the kitchen. And oh, yeah. which you know is that old adage. I decided to let it slide and I'd never confronted anyone about it to ask what they were talking about. I acted like I didn't hear it and I went on. So I, I learned to figure out what battles to fight and what not to to uh, fight. And I think that's very important for all of us and especially women. We need to stand up for ourselves for sure, but we also need to figure out what's the battle worth fighting and the one that's not worth fighting. And yeah, I'll give you an example. Yeah. That is so important, yeah. I'll give you an example. So uh, my direct boss was a quite, he was a genius, He was, but he was quite volatile. And he would yell uh, at individuals, her, uh, especially the admin state staff, which was mostly women. So one day he raised his voice with me and he never had before. And I just stopped him and I said, you don't talk to me like that. That's disrespectful and I won't, I will not stand for it. He backed down immediately and never again spoke to me like that. So it, it, it's again, it's about choosing. That was a battle I had to fight and I wanted him to know that that's, this is not part of how we operate. And can I just ask, did, uh, you know, when you were doing that, were you worrying? Was, was there any sort of fear or anxiety about com or confronting him or addressing that with him? I knew that he was a very intelligent uh, individual and I had worked with him for some time by the, at this time. Uh, so I guess I felt comfortable enough with him that I believed he would understand what I was saying. And mm -hmm. not take it. I wasn't going to take it. I will. I was taking it personally, but I wasn't going to take it any more than that. And he he knew that. So I I didn't have any fear. I just said, this is this is just you no. Know, this is the battle I'm going to fight. This is I'm going to stand up to this, and that served me well later when mm -hmm. I went to Silicon Valley because in Silicon Valley I worked for a gentleman who he and I had a volatile relationship. But again, because I could stand up to him and other people in the, in the in the company could not. Again, because I chose the battles that I wanted yeah. to fight. And, the, and then I, and he knew. So that's part of our tip. If you're always re, uh, reacting, and, and I'll also tell you that not only am I introverted, I'm very sensitive. I can cry at a drop of a hat and I drop my own hat sometimes. 
so, um, so a lot of this was pushing myself to one, not be too sensitive and not to respond too, too quickly to things, but then to know which ones to respond to, know when to stand up, know when to back down. I'm not saying it was easy, but I've had plenty of opportunities um, yeah. to try this out. So uh, I'm sure I've not always made the right, I know I've not always made the right decision. Uh, and so I have made some mistakes in this area, but overall, I think I get a passing grade in this area. Yeah. And and in what ways, sort of, is, as you sort of progressed in your career, as you move from the sort of working for the government to Silicon Valley, um, in what way has, has being an introvert either hindered or helped you, would you say? I, I, I believe that it has hurt me in certain ways, uh, in particular, I'll give you one example. We, about five years ago, I sold my last company and I, I went, um, I, I, I thought it was, it was a great opportunity. And uh, I later, like, the week after I signed the LOI with the, with the, comp the acquiring company, I was approached by a Canadian company, a woman led company. And I would have loved to have been uh, a part of her company. And I, I didn't even think to ask her. I knew her. We had had several meetings together. But I never thought to, to ask. And I don't know if that's the introverted part of me, but I, I'm trying to push myself to not be afraid to ask for help, not to mm -hmm. be afraid to ask for advice. I sometimes feel like I have to do it all on my own. Because it's all inside, and I, uh, I know I don't have to, but I find that times I surprise myself. Why didn't I do that? Why didn't I ask them? Why didn't I go out and put, you know, stretch myself a little bit more? So and that's um, something that I see quite regularly <laughs> where women don't ask for help. Um, I think they have to do it all themselves. Um, yes, it can be quite challenging for some people to ask for help. And I find sometimes I, I am the person sitting back and watching other people's conversations, especially when I go into an environment, maybe I would be the, uh, my first time into a situation, let's say at a conference that I've not been to before and I don't know very many people. I find mm -hmm. myself standing back and listening to the conversations and not joining in as much. Uh, I, I still try to push myself to do that. Because sometimes yeah. I just kind of want to watch the dynamics of the people and not necessarily engage with them. So I, again, that that's just part of my, me as a, whether it's as a part of being an introvert or not. It's just that I hesitate sometimes. So I have to go, okay, now it's time to engage. <laughs> yes, I, I can relate to that sometimes. You, and I'm quite happy to observe that there are, you know, we do have to engage and interact and, um, so forth. Uh, and, and so, so you, you went, when you went to Silicon Valley, so, um, tell us a bit more about that experience and what that led to for you. So this was something I, uh, with, with the Silicon Valley opportunity. Mm -hmm. I came into it and they, the company was so, it wanted me, wanted, they saw that I was talented and they could utilize my, my skill set and experience. So they pretty much said, whatever you want to do, you can do. So I proposed that I would do, 
not only be ahead of Asia Pacific, I also wanted to be in charge of Central America and South America too. I had spent a year in Costa Rica learning to speak Spanish. But I uh, eventually I gave that up because my work in, in Asia Pacific kept me so busy. And what I learned that time, I learned so much, but what I learned in particular was that something about being resilient. I felt it often because I was building up this distribution channel all the way, all throughout Asia, that I was going, had one step forward and two steps back. Uh, a lot of the time, uh, I was very successful there. And, and that was, uh, was, was because the president, who I mentioned was quite volatile at times, uh, was uh, totally committed to me and, and that he, he supported me. In fact, when I first started, they already had a relationship with a distributor in Japan. And when I came in, I realized, knowing a little bit about the Japanese culture, that we really needed to increase our transfer price because of the level of support that, that was required. And so I did this and the distributor immediately called the president of the company and said, you know, what's going on here? Uh, uh, we don't, you know, we don't like this. And the president said, if you want to work with us, you will work with Sherry. Well, that's good that and you so got he told, Yeah, <laughs> he totally backed me up. If he hadn't, I would not have been successful there. I probably, I wouldn't have been successful in all of Asia because it would probably have set me back so much. But he was there, he did support me, and that allowed me to be quite uh, effective and successful in Japan. In Japan, they didn't really know how to treat me. They didn't, they didn't treat me as a woman. They knew I wasn't a man, but they just called me Sherry-san and said, you're an anomaly, you're not a man or a woman. So I said, yeah, you're right. So, uh, but. But also I learned what I didn't want uh, in a company. That I, I, one was that it was a very toxic culture and I did not like or appreciate the way that uh, other people were treated. I'm talking about men and women. The um, president was, as I said, very volatile. And he treated, he, would, he and I would have yelling matches at each other just because I stood up for myself and I didn't like the way he treated other people and I, I and I couldn't protect all of them, but I tried to protect my people from him as much as possible. So I decided that that I wanted to leave because I wanted to be a part of an organization that I could influence the culture. Yeah. So that's when I just I decided to leave. Uh, uh, and uh, then I decided, well, if I'm leaving uh, Silicon Valley, why don't I just look for other opportunities? Uh, and I had met some individuals from Canada working in this area. So I came to uh, Canada and had interviews with several information security companies and ended up with the one near Toronto, uh, which uh, I came in as a, a, a very senior level person in the organization where I could influence the culture. Yeah, and, and I think getting to a position where you can influence the culture um, is is something which is quite key. Um, and sort of going back to what you said about choosing your battles, um, and you know, until until you know you get to a position of influence, it is very important that you choose your battles wisely because you know some battles will totally take it out of you. Yes, 
And I think that's it. A lot of times we, we deplete ourselves of energy because we're not fighting the right battles. But that's I do so believe true. in fighting, <laughs> standing up for yourself. I do believe that. Yes, yes. Yes, I, I, I'm an advocate for that as well. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, and, and choosing, uh, yeah, and I'm not, uh, pe- individuals have their own concerns. Mine was never one about, I, 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 I've been very, uh, very lucky, I believe, in that mm-hmm. I've never been sexually harassed um, mm-hmm. at, at, in, in the workplace. But, you know, I have been mildly offended at times, but I never let that mildly offended become bit more than that. And maybe I would say something to the individual or I wouldn't, depending on who he was or she was. And then I just go on. But but then I said, OK, this is this is a battle I'm going to fight. I stand up for it, no matter the consequences. And that's yeah. something I, I did several times with that company. When I decided I needed to act, and I did, one time I thought, you know what, I'm going to get fired. <laughs> and I, I went home and I told my husband, I said, I think I'm going to get fired. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I said, but you know what, I'm not backing down. And in fact, I came back to them and I said to, to the president of the company, you know, my husband has just got received an offer to go back to Tennessee. Uh, that's where I did my uh, graduate work and where I met him. Uh-huh. <laughs> it wasn't true. So I made up a little why uh, and said that. And I said, you know, I'm, I'd am i still like to work for you, but if, 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 if you can't, uh, that, if you can't accommodate that, that's fine with me. Because, because I was, I was upset. I did want to act on, on something that, something that happened to me. And, mm-hmm. He didn't like it, but he agreed to it. So it was okay. like, okay, all right. So I went to, I, I moved back to Knoxville, Tennessee. I still was ahead of Asia Pacific, uh, still coming into California all the time uh, on my way to Asia Pacific and other meetings uh, until another situation happened and we got into another argument. Uh, but the whole thing was that I I felt that, I, I thought, you know, I'm going to give, if I'm going to get fired, I'll go, I'll take my chances. And I even said to myself, I can go work for Wendy's and I can flip hamburgers. <laughs> you know, of course, I, you know, I, I'm thinking about the worst case scenario. So it's like, yeah. what? And then, you know, what I can do, then I'll be the, you know, store manager soon. And then I'll be, uh, you know, moving up into the executive position within Wendy's. So I was just thinking, okay, what's the worst that could happen to me? And that's a good and, question and, to ask yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh boy, I've had a couple of those uh, conversations with myself, and that that, that got me to Canada. Uh, I really enjoyed uh, being here. I I've been in Canada 29 years, longer than I've been anywhere, uh-huh. uh, and, and been with several startups here. My this is my fourth startup. Uh, that I, I'm here with. Uh, so lots of opportunities for uh, the, um, diver- well, what I love about Canada is the, the, the diversity, the diversity yeah. of thought and the diversity of perspective that is welcomed here. Mm-hmm. Yes, I was, I was in, well, last, I was in Canada last, well, just, just under a year ago, actually, in Toronto. Um, 
And I, I do like it there. It's very, as you said, diver, the diversity. Um, and yeah, I, I, I do really like it there. Really like it. Yeah. So tell us about um, profound impact. So what led to that and, and what does profound impact do? Okay. Well, the genesis of profound impact dates back to 2014. Uh, my late husband and I had started a company in 2012. So before that, I came to Canada and there was a company called Certicom. Certicom did all the security for BlackBerry, all of the cell phone manufacturers. And mm-hmm. then uh, BlackBerry acquired the company in 2009. And then in 2012, uh, I was doing some consulting work with the company. My husband was full-time with them. We decided to leave and we started our own company called TrustPoint. Now TrustPoint was a um, security, information security guy for the driverless and connected vehicle. Mm-hmm. And, and because of Scott, uh, Dr. Scott Vanstone, my late husband, he was a renowned mathematician and had, was a leader in certain technology that was perfect for the driverless car. And in fact, as soon as they, uh, people heard that we had left BlackBerry, we were approached by the U.S. Department of Transportation to become their security experts. So, wow. it, so this was 2012, uh, 2014, my, my husband passes away. And I continued to run the company. But at that time, my sister, who is, has a doctorate in education, and she lives in Arizona, wanted to write a book about my, my husband. Because he, he was not only had a company, he was also a professor at the University of Waterloo in Waterloo, Ontario, just west of Toronto. Mm-hmm. And he had the ability to recruit students. He would go into a high school and he could see in the, in, in the conversation that he had with these young men and women, that they had what it took. So he would recruit them to the University of Waterloo to become mathematicians, and mm-hmm. in particular in the information security area. And so my sister said to me, that's a profound impact. I'm going to write a book about him. So she started writing this book by interviewing his academic children, his family, all of this. So when I... I sold my, the company in 2017 and I had one year of transition. And then, so I retired from there in 2018. So my sister sends all of this material to me and says, you finished the book. <laughs> and I go, what? I, 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 this, uh, 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 I, this, you know, I, so I sat on it for a while and I thought, you know what? This isn't what I want to do. This is not a static story. This is a dynamic story because what Scott did, not only with this company, but at the University of Waterloo and the math faculty there was he, he encouraged these, these people. And many of them went and started their own companies. Many tra- traveled around the world, became, you know, PhDs and, you know, uh, educators themselves and professors and researchers all around the world. And I said, that's the story I really want to tell. Not just about Scott, but about his total global impact. And not just about him, but the whole mm-hmm. faculty of mathematics at University of Waterloo. So I approached the University of Waterloo math faculty and I said, I have this idea and I think it needs to be a platform, not a book. It needs to be something that's dynamic, that is always changing. And also it should have lots of visualization 
of impact. So we have to agree what impact we want to measure and then how to how to measure this, how to gather the data. And so we started gathering data and how to then visualize that impact. And so that's how it started, the profound impact. Corporation, we I incorporated in 2018, and we worked, I worked with the University of Waterloo Math Faculty. We launched the product in 2020, and they still utilize, that's our first product. And what it did was it opened up my eyes to uh, a different world, one of data, one of artificial intelligence, machine learning. Now, mm -hmm. when I sold my company in 2017, I had a five-year non-compete. And I'd already been with several uh, information security companies, so I thought, oh, that's okay. And I think I'm ready to retire anyway. Mm -hmm. But then I realized I wasn't, so I just said I'm rewiring instead of retiring. So I, I said, wow, I'll just go in. And so I got into this other area of, of technology that I wasn't necessarily in my wheelhouse. So uh -huh. I, and so when we, we got into all this data with our first product, we decided, wow, what can we do with this? You know, collection of data, uh, algorithms to uh, bring in the data and, and normalize the data so that you could query it because not all data is that way. You have to bring it in and be able to structure it to uh -huh. be able to um, ask it, ask questions of it, of the data. So then we started talking to other universities and Office of Researches across Canada, and we identified a need for a, a product we call Research Impact. And what right. it is is that it's funding opportunities, global, local, provincial, federal, whatever, funding opportunities mm -hmm. and we uh, for researchers, and we, we find researchers that are uniquely qualified for this funding opportunity. And if they need an industry partner, we can go and find the projects that, so we, we do this matching. So it's, we're using AI and machine learning to not only bring the data in from all the researchers and the funding opportunities, and we use machine learning to help us to do a perfect match. Now, of course, it's not perfect yet, but as the algorithms continue to learn, we get better and better at the matching with the goal of getting the best match so that we can get the most dollars for, uh, sorry, most research for the research <laughs> dollars. Right. Yeah. So that sounds very, very um, interesting. So how, how would people, so like if any of the listeners who are, you know, doing research or into research how would they get to know about um or access this well they we're, we're trying to get our word out more we're going to conferences and and we mm -hmm. have we have lots of, of of information about the product and offering on our website uh profoundimpact.com uh we also work with universities Office of Research, we are just launching a, a research impact direct so we, we can work directly with the researcher who maybe they, the university has not signed up with us yet, but we can start matching them with opportunities. They can either apply on their own or they can go back to their university to apply. 
which is not what we encourage them to do. We don't do the application. We do the matching and give them the opportunities. We also weight the matches. We say, okay, this one's 88 out of 10, so that's highly probable that you're uniquely qualified for it. Plus, it's not really a success rate because we have to take so many other things in consideration. But the best thing for people to do is they can also reach out to me on LinkedIn or askshannon at profoundimpact.com. Or as I said, go to our website, go to our product page, Research Impact, and you can sign up there. If you're an industry partner, you can upload your projects and we go and find you funding. We work with several startups, of course, and many, even large corporations. So mostly startups and SMEs, small, medium enterprises, but we also work with large financial institutions and others. And we're just getting ready to launch in the U.S. later this year. So we're excited about that. We already have about 15 relationships that we're working on there, but we're going to do official launch. And then, of course, we also are working with global funding opportunities and are looking to maybe later next year is to move internationally. It sounds great. So listeners, those of you who are researchers, do check out Profound Impact or connect to Sherry on LinkedIn. Well, Sherry, this has been a really interesting conversation. You've got an amazing story, an amazing journey. I've loved listening to your experience. So thank you very much for coming on the podcast. It's been great to have you on. I do want to say one more thing. It was about the women funding women. I just completed my company, Profound Impact. We just completed a $3.2 million fundraise. And what was exciting about it is that we were able to engage first-time female angel investors. They'd never angel invested before. So I've been talking to a lot of female investors and they are founders and they're frustrated by the lack of money that's going into women-founded companies. And I said, you know what, let's just change the narrative. I'm not going after men. I'm going after women. And if we can engage women, it's like a $4.2 trillion increase in funding opportunities for if we can engage the female investor into not only into my companies, but into funds and into other opportunities. It is a tremendous opportunity. So this is one of my big initiatives, not only just for myself and my company, of course, but also for other female-founded companies. So excited to talk to anyone about that opportunity, too. We're getting ready to do a couple of events, and I have a couple of articles that go into some quite detail about how this is going to change the whole paradigm for female-founded companies. Sounds amazing. So listeners, do check Sherry out. Do go and connect with her on LinkedIn and find out more about what she's doing and how you can tap into what she's doing as well. But thank you, Sherry. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Carol. I have enjoyed the conversation. 
and I look forward to uh, perhaps working with you in the future. Thank you. Thank you. So thank you for listening, everyone. And like I said, do go and check Sherry out either um, through uh, her website, Profound Impact, or connect with her on LinkedIn. I will put links to her LinkedIn profile and also to her, her website as well, where you can um, get in touch with her. And if you are looking to increase your confidence, influence and impact, and you haven't completed the assessment on my website, go to Abounding Solutions. Dot com. There's a free assessment on there that you can complete that will give you ideas about areas that you can focus on. And so until the next time, bye.